Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I am the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. Their podcast that is all about helping you feel refreshed and ready to take on the week. And here today, I have another solo episode for you, which you know is going to be jam-packed with tips and tricks you can use today. So today, we're going to be talking all about working on character traits with your speech and language students. You're probably saying, Hallie, why character traits? They're working on that in the classroom. You're right. They, they do. We also always want to try to find a way to have our speech goals and what we're working on in align with what they're doing in the classrooms. So in the classrooms, they are expected to have an arsenal of adjectives that categorize different characters they're reading about. So we can help our students achieve that goal. We're so used to using adjectives to describe basic common objects like sock is soft and a rock is hard. But what should we do for our older students that are beyond those basic adjectives? Our students need to be able to describe characters. They need to be able to describe more than just those basic vocabulary words. I always like to teach my students that whenever they want to talk about the characters, they want to talk about what they look like. And a lot of times in books, they don't even have a picture. So it's more than just the picture of the character in their mind. It's not what the character looks like on the outside. It's what they are on the inside. And that is one way I like to describe character traits with my students that are really struggling with this. So we can do this in a variety of ways. We need to teach our students, one, how to categorize some character traits and how to teach them some words beyond just good and bad, right? So I like to start with good and bad 
and have my students sort common character trait words into those two common categories. So rude, is that good or bad? Well, I will do a multi-sensory, real true sorting activity with cards and pictures or what have you, like rude is bad. And I'll start with words that they might not know, and I will go to more challenging words and use some context clues if I have to. So like thoughtful, generous, inconsiderate. Is that a good word or a bad word to describe a character? And then I would go into, so once I know my students understand what words go together, what words are good words, what words are bad words to describe a character. And we even do some shades of meaning type of thing like, okay, this word is one level of the spectrum and here's another one that's like really bad sort of thing. And also teaching them also how to utilize those context clues to try to guess what that word might mean, knowing what the context is, whether it's good or bad. Then I might use some common characters. Let's come up with a word to describe Shrek or Harry Potter or Freddy Krueger or anyone else that they might be motivated by. And then you can even go into just like basic common characters like teacher, police officer, criminal, magician. So you can go just basic characters or community helpers type of things, uh, fictional characters, or you can do characters from common movies. Nemo, Lightning McQueen, right? Lightning McQueen was selfish. Is that good or bad? Okay, so you can do the sorting. Then you, you can even do matching. Can you match the character with a trait that would go best with it? Can you describe why you would give that trait to them? What evidence from the movie or your background knowledge of that common character would you use? Why would you give that word to that character? You can then take it even a step further by reading a fictional story, like something you might find on readworks.com, and tell them that there are good words and here are some bad words and give them a visual aid. And what words would you use to describe that character in the story and why? Can they find the text evidence to describe why that character is being dishonest or why that character is being impatient? So I feel this character is being dishonest because in the text in paragraph two, it says, right, these are all the different levels. That's the, the level they're expected in the classroom. So we need to start small. We need to start with what is a good word versus a bad word and why is it good and bad? Then we need to match our characters and common movie villains and heroes with some character trait words. Then you might even go into maybe simple sentences or paragraphs. And can they use a visual? Can they pick a word out from a good chart and a bad chart? What words would go best with that character? And then move into a longer text. You can go even further. Can you find a text that has a character that changes from the beginning to the end? Mm-hmm. I like using the Pixar short or what the video snack attack and how we view the young boy one way in the beginning and then we view him differently at the end when we realize that he was not stealing the old lady's cookies. I don't want to have a spoiler alert, but I'm sure you might have heard me talk about this video by now. So in the beginning, we think this boy is rude, inconsiderate. He's obnoxious. He is disrespectful. You can come up with all these bad words and tons of evidence to do so. He's disrespectful because he stole the lady's cookies. He is rude because he's listening to music and ignoring the lady. He's everything under the sun, right? And at the end, we find out that it was his cookies all along, and he was letting this old lady eat his cookies. So at the end, we think he is sweet and caring 
and thoughtful. And then you can even go further and compare and contrast and go from how he felt he was in the beginning to how he feels at the end and how come. What was the text evidence that made you think one way or the other? So it really pulls a lot of this when we take it to the text level and we're pulling in our background knowledge and we're putting in these words from category lists. We get to utilize the comparing and contrasting. We utilize our vocabulary, some tier two words even. We get to even pull in some higher level thinking and pulling that text evidence and how do you know, right? It's not going to say in a text how this character feels or is acting. And you got to come up with a word using the text evidence. So not only are you building vocabulary, but you're also building comprehension and the ability to read between the lines. So that's why there's so many reasons and benefits of working on character traits in your speech room and going just beyond basic describing like soft, crunchy, sticky, right? We're going to assume our students at this point might have these words in their repertoire. They might not utilize them all the time, but they have an understanding of them. And they're expected in the classrooms to be able to go into details to describe the characters they are reading to demonstrate their understanding. They need to have more words in their repertoire other than they are good and bad. We need to teach them words like rude, dishonest, impatient, generous, thoughtful, trustworthy, hardworking, and practice using it, not only just in an isolated speech session, but have them coming up with words to describe themselves. What kind of student are you? I'm a hardworking student. I'm creative. I am athletic. Having them come up with character traits, positive ones only, to describe themselves and explain why. You can do a whole project on that. Okay, this is not something that's going to happen all in one session, but maybe multiple sessions with lots of repetition. But I want you to see how you can easily pull in their speech and language goals, such as vocabulary, inferencing, context clues, text evidence, characterization, descriptions, and more working on character traits in your speech room, right? You can work on categorization, good words versus bad words, text evidence, where in the text makes you think that that character is being so-and-so. Inferencing, because they have to read between the lines. It doesn't say it in the text. Vocabulary, we're building their vocabulary and giving them more words that they are familiar with that, and making meaningful connections with those words so that it will stick and they can use it on their own. And this is something that can benefit them in the classroom because it's something that they are expected to do. We're always looking for ways to incorporate more classroom curriculum in the speech room. This is one way. They're expected to do it. They might not be working on it at that very moment, but it's something that they are expected to be answering questions about and doing to demonstrate their understanding of a text. Teachers are always looking for more enriching vocabulary from our students, and we can help them be successful. We can help them build their confidence. And they'll say, yeah, I discussed that with my speech teacher, SLP. But let's be real. They're probably going to say speech teacher. And hey, it'll give us some brownie points when they go back to the classroom and say, I learned that word from Mrs. So-and-so. We can be that person that shows them that they can learn something in our speech closet that they can use back in the classroom. So I hope you find this helpful. I'm going to share some links in the show notes that will give you some activities and visuals of how some ways I do this with my speech students. It doesn't have to be elaborate to be effective. You can honestly take some simple words on index cards and sort them out. You can pull up some pictures of common characters from movies like Shrek and Finding Nemo and have them match and determine are they good or bad and pick a word from a multiple choice. 
you can show them the Ed Puzzle of uh, Snack Attack and have them come up with words to describe the boy in the beginning and the end. Again, all these things can take seconds to prep. It doesn't have to be elaborate to be effective. The way it's effective is by helping our students achieve their goals and build their confidence. All right, guys, I, of course, have a joke because I wouldn't leave you hanging without a joke. Why couldn't the pirate play cards? Because he was standing on the deck. But dum ching Until next week, everyone, stay out of trouble and have a great week. Do your SLP magic. Your students will love it. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. It means the world to me that you're tuning in each and every week and getting the jolt of inspiration you need. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at my website, speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.